it's hard to lead someone somewhere if I don't have their trust or worse, if I don't even know who they are. So I always tell our band, whatever we do offstage is so much more important than what happens on stage. Well, hello and welcome to the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dave Dolphin, and this show is designed for the worship leader that has to do it all. You may have gotten into this role because you could sing and play an acoustic guitar, but now you have to know how to set up the soundboard and recruit volunteers and lead a band rehearsal. So we're here to help you figure out how to do all the little extra things that you need to know when you lead a worship ministry. We release a new episode on the first Friday of every single month. So if you haven't already, consider subscribing on whatever app you're using right now to listen to your podcast on, and you're never going to miss another one. Now, I say that we release a new episode on the first Friday of every month. Um, It's been a minute. Back in July, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. I literally went to the hospital for one thing. It was a small thing. And then I got admitted into the hospital because they saw something suspicious on a CT scan. So I had to put everything on hold. I couldn't work on any new episodes of the podcast. I wasn't releasing weekly videos on YouTube. I wasn't even sure if I would be able to fulfill my primary role as a worship pastor at our church when all of this started. But I'm happy to report that after three rounds of chemo over the course of 10 weeks, updated CT scans and blood work show that the cancer is gone. A mass that was the size of a tennis ball that was pushing up against my left kidney is now only two centimeters, which is probably most likely scar tissue. Now, obviously, it's too early to say that it's like gone with like 100% accuracy. So every two months, I have to go back to the oncologist and do updated scans and blood work just to keep checking and making sure that it really is gone. But You know how at the end of Leland's version of Waymaker, you know, that recording where he says that his name is above depression, his name is above loneliness and all that. When he says that his name is above cancer, that hits differently now. But it's a brand new year, and I'm thankful that all that seems to be behind me now and that things are returning back to some sense of normalcy. So we are officially rebooting the YouTube channel and this podcast. This is episode 29, and today's guest is Kyle O'Neill. He's the worship pastor at one of the Life Church campuses in the Wichita, Kansas area. Now, Craig Rochelle is the lead pastor of Life Church, and it's based out of Oklahoma, but they have over 35 campuses in 11 different states. They're one of the largest churches in North America, if not the largest church, when you combine all of their campuses. And I like to hang out in a few worship leader Facebook groups, and Kyle is someone that I see that's always jumping into the conversation as well, and his perspective and insight is always spot on and helpful. Now, Life Church is definitely known for how intentional they are about pouring into their people, from their leaders to team members, to the tens of thousands of people that attend every week. So our conversation centers around that. How do you create a healthy culture of worship within your band, within the congregation? How do you have a healthy relationship with your senior pastor? We even talk about how to recruit people for the team. It's a great conversation that I think is going to be helpful in your ministry. So we'll check that out here together in just a minute. But first, I wanted to share with you something that I'm doing that's pretty new. I do this podcast 
because I like to help worship leaders just like you. I create weekly YouTube videos for the same reason. That's why it was so important for me to get things started once again. Once I was finished with with treatment and I was at a place where I felt like I could kind of get back to doing normal things. The podcast and the YouTube channel provide some great springboards for conversations on social media and through email and DMs with people asking specific questions about their ministry. And I love helping people however I I can. And I always felt pretty honored that God would allow me to have fingerprints on your ministry. But sometimes we get stuck in our ministries, and sometimes it takes more than just watching a YouTube video or a quick conversation on Instagram to find the solution. So recently, I've been making myself available on my day off for one hour coaching calls. This It gives us the time that we need to really deep dive into the problem that we're facing and to try to come up with a a solution that fits this unique situation. Maybe it's dealing with a conflict between two team members that is making rehearsals stressful. Maybe it's a live stream audio mix that just does not sound good on Facebook. Maybe it's finding volunteers and training them. I have over 20 years of experience in worship ministry, working in and with many different kinds of churches, and I'd love to help you get unstuck in your ministry. Now, this is a premium service, meaning that there's a cost to it, and it's not for everybody. I also continue to make YouTube videos and the podcasts and respond to comments and DMs as much as I can, but this, this gives you one full hour of my undivided attention, and we'll put our heads together to try and create a step-by-step plan that gets you closer to the results that you're looking for. And and here's the thing, within 30 days of the call, if you don't think it was helpful, just let me know and I'll return your money. You don't even need to give me a reason. I just want to help where I can and make it as risk-free as possible. So for more information, go to practicalworshipblog.com slash coaching or check out the show notes page for this and everything else that we'll talk about during this episode by going to practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 29. All right, here's my conversation with Kyle O'Neill. Kyle O'Neill, welcome to the show. Man, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. So I, I think I saw on on Instagram back in December that you you celebrated 12 years in your, your wedding anniversary. Is that true? We sure did, yeah. Yeah, we sure did. 12 years to my beautiful wife, Melissa. It's amazing. It's been an incredible journey. So what's, I mean, congratulations, by the way. What is the, what would you say is the secret? You know, 12 years in, what's one thing that you've learned that you could pass on to someone that maybe is just starting out? What's the secret to it all? I would say never stop pursuing your wife. Um, that relationship is so important. The way uh, that my pastor says it a lot is that God is your number one and your spouse is your number two. So I'm always pursuing her, um, dating her, uh, all of that. So that all of that is just super, super important. And it's in, in, like there are couples in our church that, you know, they've been married for like 40, 50 years. And you can still see that, like they pursue one another, and yep. they, you know, they spend time with one another. And I don't know. That's just that's just fifty years of that is at least from the outside looking in. When you you see their relationship, it's like I want to be that. I want to be that old cute couple in the corner of Golden <laughs> Corral or whatever. Like I want that. Yep. And you have two young daughters, so that means that like you're the only male in the house. <laughs> so you're outnumbered. I am outnumbered, but uh, I just got one more addition to our family because we just got a puppy who is a boy. We named him Chipper Jones after my favorite baseball player. So 
That's fun. So there's now there's two guys in the house. That's absolutely amazing. It's like, okay, I <laughs> got to have something. There's got to be a little bit of testosterone in this house yep. just to kind of balance it out. <laughs> got to be. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And you're someone that I like to jump into Facebook groups. And I've seen you in some of those same groups as well. And with Life Church, you know, I'm here in Oklahoma City and Life Church, the central offices, I mean, it, that's all in my backyard. And so I've been super appreciative of what Life Church does uh, as a whole. And then I've seen kind of you jump into conversations. And I was like, this this is a guy that's got some wisdom. And so I wanna, wanted to be able to, to share that with everyone that is listening. So let's start here. Like, I'm curious, you know, being a part of Life Church and also being a part of, like, you know, one of the campuses in the Wichita area, like, what is a typical week look like for you as you prepare and, you know, you prepare for the services, but all the other things that come in, involved being a part of one of the campuses at Life Church? So uh, a real granular approach, we, we um, work Sunday through Thursday, and then there's some campuses that have uh, services on Saturday. So for us, it's just Sunday. So our Sunday is what everything that we do leads to. Um, but it, in the same sense, and on the reverse side, it informs everything that we do that upcoming week. Um, so we, we a lot of times we call it, it's the Super Bowl of the weekend, everything's leading up to it, but it's going to inform and start the conversations that we have through the week. So uh, then Monday, what that looks like is uh, we have staff meeting, which is a place where we celebrate wins. We talk about pastoral needs in our community and in our church. Um, we do some leadership development. And then one of the things that I wasn't used to before coming to Life Church is we rewind. We say, what can make it better? What can we do next week based on the feedback that we're doing this week? Um, and then from there, like now that I have kind of all the tools, all the things, that's going to inform what we do the next week. So Monday uh, is when I start to kind of build what the session's going to look like and what the set list is going to look like for the next week. And often we plan ahead, but that's kind of where the, we get into the grind of it. Tuesday, I'm going to finish the session. That's a great time for meetups. Our band gets our uh, all the details for everything on Sunday by Tuesday at the latest. Um, and that's a great time to meet up with people in our church meet up with people on my team just to invest in them and, and love on them. Uh, Wednesday, we uh, plan ahead. We have our student ministry, which is called Switch on Wednesday. So that's building a session for that, getting ready for Switch. That's another great day for meetups. And for me, that's a really great day for um, just creative, trying to figure out what are the things that are um, that will kind of fuel the creative energies. Um, so sometimes that means songwriting. Sometimes that means planning ahead. Sometimes that means working on a team night that's going to inspire our team, uh, whatever it may be. And then Thursday for us is our uh, staff rundown. We do communication drills, communication practice, because we always want to get better. Because um, every conversation, whether it's on stage or in a one-on-one -on -one relationship, is, is a uh, communication. So we want to practice that and get better. And then one of the things that uh, worship also leads is social media. So Thursdays are kind of my social media prep days as well. Now, one of the things you, you kept mentioning is, is all the time that you have for like meetups, as far as like pouring into to people and, and hanging out with them. That seems to be a lot of what you do. How often are you connecting with people throughout the week? So um, we try to get two to three, and sometimes it's more uh, meetups a week, because um, that's really what we're doing. We're, we're pastors first, and worship leader second. So we are meeting with attenders and finding out in the lobby, hey, I'm going through this, I need prayer. So if it's an able thing to be able to go to the hospital and, and visit them, or if it's someone that just needs to talk through something, it's grabbing lunch, grabbing coffee with them. So we try to do that as often as possible, because that that is really when we uh, are building worshipers. That's what all that is about, is we're trying to um, help people connect the dots. One of the things that Pastor Craig says is that we there's 168 hours a week, and we only really get one hour a week uh, with the people that we're serving on Sunday. 
Um, so what are you doing in the 167 hours that you have left? So, man, I want to pour into and invest and pastor and love on people as much as I can. And I think that's what makes you an effective worship leader, like the way that we define it. Like, how do you, what's the target on the wall? How do you win at worship leading? We define it this way, that we're here to inspire people to pursue God through creativity and character. So we're trying to positively motivate people to pursue God, to pursue that relationship with Jesus. And we do that through two ways. One, through creativity, which is the arts and colors and sounds and lights and all that. But the other component of that is through character, that how you live your life off the stage matters as much, if not more, than how you live your life on the stage. Like, how are you investing in people? How are you allowing people into your life? That that they know, like, there's more than just the talent of being able to sing and play guitar, play an instrument. Like, that's part of it. You have to have that skill set in order to be an effective worship leader. But even more so, it goes deeper than that, because maybe the people in the seats They've seen that worship leader or that guitar player pick up their kids from Awana and they see how they interact with their kids and inspires them to to be a better father or mother for their own children. And or maybe specifically, they've had conversations in the hallway afterwards where they've talked about struggles and things that they're wrestling with. And then a week later, that person will ask them specific questions, not just how are you doing, but like specific questions that relate to specific things that maybe they ask for prayer for a week or so. So when they see that person on the stage, like it's more than just the the talents and the skills that they bring. Oh, wow, that's a really good singer. But like that person, I know that person. I know what they struggle with. And I know that that person knows me. And so that makes it more effective in terms of that person being able to to pastor and shepherd and to, to lead worship at that deeper relational level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know that, like, that's one of your axioms. Like, that's one of the three defining statements about the worship ministry at Life Church is that you are worshipers that build worshipers. So, I guess let's start here. How does that look? Like, how does that actually play out in terms of how you are investing, let's say, specifically in your band and also your tech? So, the people that are on stage with you and the people that are also like running sound and lights and things like that, the people that you are going to battle with every single weekend. How are you building worshipers that build worshipers with your team and your crew? So like you said, we're worshipers who build worshipers. And that is really the, the defining thing of, of who we are as a church We and who we are as Christ followers. We are first worshipers. And I think one of the things that we have to help teach is that worship is not just the songs that we sing. Worship's not the time that we have together on Sundays to sing corporately. That is great. But what really worship is, it's a way of life. It's our response to who God is and what he's done for you and for me. And we know that when we say we are worshipers, that has to be the first step. We are worshipers first. And you can use the five spokes of Kazone and knowing that uh, our relationship with God, our relationship with people, how we focus work, how we focus health, finances, those are great uh, kind of uh, building blocks of what that should look like. But we are worshipers first. And then, yeah, just the practical side of building worshipers, I would say it's three things. So the first one would be uh, teach, just like I said, teach what worship is, how to respond to God, and live in that by example. So it doesn't matter if you're a guitar player on stage or the person worship on the front row, you're teaching what it looks like to worship. Second one is providing tools and an atmosphere. So, so many times we know that songs 
can be the exact words that someone needs for that exact moment in time, for whatever they may be walking through. Uh, we know it may be the prayer that their heart needs. And then those that atmosphere, that moment can create a breakthrough uh, for someone. So providing uh, the tools and the atmosphere, also teaching what worship is. And the third is know who you're leading, which is exactly what we were just talking about. Um, it's hard to lead someone somewhere if I don't have their trust, or worse, if I don't even know who they are. Um, so I always tell our band, whatever we do off stage is so much more important than what happens on stage. Obviously, we're building to what happens on that stage, but those relationships is so much more important. So I'll tell you a story about my friend Gabe. Gabe is battling something really difficult right now. Um, a month ago, his uh, second child was born with a hole in her heart, and uh, uh, we spent like six weeks or so in NICU, and they don't even know what all the challenges that they're going to be facing. And then also through that, we walked alongside them um, not being able to uh, have kids and then finding out their first kid was a miracle, and then now this second kid is a miracle. And there's something different that happens when you know those stories and you have those relationships with people and you're leading worship. Songs like when we sing, you remind me that you won't let go. Through every high, through every low, you're constant through it all. You won't let go and you never will. That means something totally different when I see Gabe in the audience and seeing him being able to lead him in that moment because it's not just a stage to seat relationship. It's we're walking side by side through life. So let's drill down on that. Like, you know, because part of what you do leading, you know, in building worshipers, like with the people in the seats in your congregation, like how did that relationship start with Gabe and like with people like Gabe? I mean, how are you intentionally building those relationships with people so that you know who to have the meetups with? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. So the easy is, is developing and investing in your team. Um, that's, that's kind of step one. I think when you go past that, it's finding the people in the lobby, having those conversations, not being afraid to ask the second or the third question. Um, it's really easy to have someone walk by and them say, hey, I'm glad I was here. Hey, thanks for coming. But it's, it takes a little bit extra step to say, hey, how are you doing? How's life going? And then finding out like what they need. And there's many times where people will break down in the middle of the lobby and we'll, we'll pray for them right then and there. And those are the conversations and the relationships that that's a great start, but I want to continue that. I want to be able to pastor them through even more than just in that that short moment. So just not being afraid to ask that second, that third question, I think is really, really key. And what you're saying is that I have to get out of the green room to do that between services. Absolutely. Yeah, the green room's a great spot. So we have we have campuses that have nine services. So it's a it's one of those necessary evils probably that we have to have, knowing that um it's a long day, so we have people that are there pretty much 12 hours or longer being in a building, so it's one of those things. But as soon as that service is over, man, it is so important to get out and and get with the people that you were just able to lead, uh, to be able to have conversations with the people, to know their story, to know their heart. And Gabe was one of those people, so he started coming to our church and looking for a way to plug in, and turns out he's just a talented guy, has all kinds of, like he's an incredible bass player. Um, and he's also just has an amazing ear for music. So he he actually runs uh, our sound, our front of house every week. And all of that started just because of a conversation that I had with him. 
That's actually a good question. Let's turn the conversation there because I think a lot of the the problems we have as worship leaders is 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 finding you know volunteers and, and recruiting them, especially when you know what we're doing requires a certain skill. Yeah. Like there are certain things that we can have volunteers to do if they want to serve. Um, you know, as far as like, hey, we need you to be a friendly face and hold the door open, or we need you to pass this out. Like there's certain things, um, or if you're doing like a build in your lobby, you know, for at the movies or something like that. Hey, I, I need someone that can like swing a hammer. That's pretty easy. But now you're like, okay, I need a bass player, or I need someone that can run sound like now you're starting to get into like specific skill sets and so i know that you know the, the struggle is real as far as like being able to find people and i yep. i have yet to meet a worship pastor that says i got i have so many people i don't even know what to do with like that doesn't that doesn't come <laughs> out of our mouths so how, how are you finding the people that you that you serve with whether it be on the stage or running sound or just helping with social media like how do you find the people and get them plugged in Man, you're so right. Like that is one of the hardest parts is recruiting and building because I think a lot of worship pastors starts just as musicians or singers and it's like, oh wait, now I have to like recruit. Like I, I didn't know <laughs> I can play guitar. I don't know that I'm supposed to recruit. 17 years of ministry, I found two things to be true is people want to be a part of something that's special. That's the first one is that excellence attracts excellence is another way to say that. Like when your band sounds great, great musicians want to be a part of it. When your tech excellence is something that's inspiring, uh, people want to be a part of creating what that environment looks like. And when your culture is strong and, and healthy, man, it's contagious. People want to be a part of that. So people want to be a part of something that's special. And the second thing is that people may not know a need exists. I've had that conversation so many times when you, when your band sounds great, when your tech's going great, people go, oh, it's happening. It's, it's, it, everything's working. So there's not a need that's there. So communicating what that need is. So for us, most of our recruiting comes from within. So whether that's me like posting something on my Facebook, hey, I'm looking for a bass player and people start tagging different people. Um, or I'll, I'll ask my team, who do you know that you think would be a perfect fit? Who would thrive in this role? And most of the time, like when I, when I ask those questions, we get multiple leads so I can reach out, cast vision to them and uh, invite them to see and maybe be a part of what's happening here. So people want to be a part of something that's special and people may not even know that a need exists unless you tell them. Yeah, especially if you, if they see like the same person on stage that's playing guitar week after week. Yep. Someone might go, well, that, I mean, that spot's filled. Like that's what that guy does. And yep. they may not know. It's like, okay, I'm actually burning that guy out. Like, for example, like, so in my situation right now, I'm super deep on my bench for drummers. I'm very, very fortunate that I have a lot of drummers that are, that I can reach out to that can fill a need at a moment's notice. But guitar players, for the moment right now, like, I have one guy that I can bring in that can play lead electric, but that's it because another guy that has played on the team before um, has started a business. And whenever you start a business, all of a sudden you start working like 16, 18 hours. So that his life has to be there. Plus he's got, you know, he's married and has two young kids at home. And so, you know, he's kind of pulled back into like, he's still a part of the church, but he just, he can't serve at that level. And then uh, another guy that I have playing uh, on the team is actually our media pastor, but he has kind of this, this rare, like, nerve disease that all of a sudden like this happened when he was like you know a late teenager where his hands they stopped working mm. and he actually had a season for like a year and a half where he couldn't use his hands at all like he learned to draw with his feet and so wow. he came out of that 
But, um, you know, here he is now, uh, you know, like in his early 30s, and he's starting to show the the signs again that it might be coming back, like the early signs that he remembers the first time that he got this. And so the good news is, is that because he knew what to expect and was able to get with the right doctors at the right time, he's been able to curb it. And so he's still able to like do normal things as far as like typing on a computer and picking up his kids and that kind of stuff. But like being able to like put a, a guitar or a bass on his shoulder, um, he just can't do that right now. So I went from like having like a bench of like three people to zero. And so, yeah. I, you know, yeah, you start asking questions and throwing it out there and you might have to do it a couple of times. Yep, absolutely. I, I think too, uh, you might be surprised who actually is in your seats. Um, so we had that recently. We we were looking for a second keys player for a really long time, and it wasn't until we made the need known that we have a guy that's been attending our church for a year and a half, and he's been sitting in our seat, and again, he just thought they've got everything covered, everything seems to be working, there must not be a need, not knowing that our keys player really needed a relief because he's uh, finishing his master's, and he's got a full-time job, and he's got a very serious relationship, and, every, and his life is just very, very busy. Um, so it was throwing that need out there and him uh, joining our team. And now we've got two incredible keys players because of just asking. Yeah, again, I think that relationships is such a big component of what we do. And so let's turn the page, but kind of stay in that lane in terms of talking about relationships. Another relationship that I think is really important with a worship pastor is the relationship that he or she has with their senior leadership, with their senior pastor or their campus pastor. I think these are these are the two roles that come together to make Sunday happen. And I think that that needs to be and they needs to be a strong relationship. So take a moment and kind of describe what that relationship is like for you and your campus pastor at Life Church. I am not even going to like try to skirt away from this. I'm just going to say it as super bold as I can. The worship pastor's relationship to your campus pastor or your senior pastor is the most important relationship that you can have as a worship pastor. Tim is my campus pastor. He's an incredible pastor. He's an incredible leader. Uh, But even more, like what I respect him for is that he's an awesome husband. He's an awesome father as well. Our relationship is great. He extends a ton of just massive amounts of trust to me, and there's a huge mutual respect there. Actually, at Life Church, we have an axiom that is for this relationship. That's how important it is. So we have three axioms, and our, our third one is all about our worship pastor and campus pastor relationship. And it, it says that we're leaders who follows first. There is this TED Talk video, um, if you want to go search it out on YouTube, of it's uh, talking about starting a movement. And I'll kind of describe it to you. Basically, it's this guy in the middle of uh, a campus green, and he's just dancing by himself. Really, no music, no nothing. He's just kind of dancing crazy. And everyone around him is sitting out there, whether they're like having a picnic or doing uh, homework or whatever. They're looking at him like he's crazy. And they keep watching, and they keep watching until there's this one person that decides to join in with him, and he starts crazy dancing with him too. And people stare for a while, but then soon after, there's tens of people, there's dozens of people, then there's hundreds of people that join in on this crazy dance movement with no music that was started all by this one guy. And you see that in the TED Talk, uh, he talks about how the first guy, he was the one that had the idea. He was the one that was willing to lead into something new, but it was the first follower that helped change it into a movement. So how that relates to us is our campus pastors, our senior pastors, is that first guy. He's leading the charge. He's following wherever God says to go, even if it's on a college green dancing crazy. And our role as worship pastors is to be that first follower, to follow quick, to add value, and help create a movement. 
so question, let me, let me poke the bear a little bit. So let's say that that relationship isn't good. And I've been in that situation where, um, try as I might, like there's just, you know, whether it's different personalities or, or whatever, like it's just that relationship clashes. So what would you recommend to people that maybe are in that boat where the relationship that they have with their senior pastor isn't great and it's not from a lack of effort, maybe on their part? Yeah, I'd say own it. You can only own your side of anything, any relationship. It's just the same as marriage, same as any friendship. Uh, You can only own your side of it. So if I am being the first follower that I can be in every aspect and and trying from my side, um, that is what honors God. That's the part that uh, he's called me to is to take care of my part. But man, just open open conversation, um, share in some of those things, even the conversations that are hard to have. Those are the ones that build and strengthen relationships over time. Yeah, and just being willing to like, yeah, have that hard conversation and sit down and say, okay, well, this is, this isn't working. How can we? How can we do this? And I think even, you know, we're in a season right now where we have a new lead pastor that just started in January, and so our lead pastor that when I first came to this church. You know, God called him to another city here in Oklahoma, and so we were without a pastor, and then we have a new one that just came in in January. And one of my first questions was like, how how can I best serve you? How can I how can I support you? How can I how do you best want to work with a worship pastor? And kind of like, how can I best support you? If I trust you that God is leading you as the entire church, and He's kind of the lead worship pastor. I mean, that's all of that falls under his umbrella. How can I best do that? And then if there's a conflict, like if if I feel like he's asking me to do something that's a, you know outside of something that I'm able to do, or I feel that we should do, I mean, you have those conversations, but at some point you have to come out of the closed door in agreement, in unity. Yeah, I, I think what you just said was, is super, super key. How can I serve you? That's the best question that you could be asking your, your uh, senior pastor, your campus pastor. How can I serve you? I remember uh, about a year ago, um, we were going through our staff meeting, and one of the things that just wasn't happening as often was kind of the leadership development side of it, but that's something I'm super passionate about. And I said, how can I serve you in this way? Um, and he was like, hey, if, if you want to take that part of staff meeting every week, go for it. So that's just something that taken off his plate and let him thrive in every other area that he is is so great at and just taking that one thing. So it was just a small, small way to serve him. But be asking every single Sunday, every single time that you're having an interaction, how can I serve you today? That's really good. Kyle, are you ready now for the bonus round? Oh, let's bring it on. Let's bring it on. Let's do it. Oh, we're bringing it on. We haven't done this in a while. Here it comes in three Two, one, coffee or tea? Uh, sweet tea. Uh, I don't drink coffee. I know that's like probably a sin in some places. Uh, <laughs> and but you also sing for a living, and these people that drink coffee and then sing on yeah, Sundays, yeah. I-, I got questions. <laughs> I know. I do drink hot tea on Sunday mornings, trying to warm up the vocal cords, but sweet tea. I'm from Georgia originally, so that's always sweet tea. Early riser or night owl? Night owl all day long, all day long. It's hard for me to get up in the morning. Favorite TV or Netflix show? It's always, always going to be The Office. Like, that's the one that I always come back to. And even though it's like leaving Netflix and all that, I'm going to find ways to watch it because I watch it at least two or three times a year. It's so well written. You have to get past season one. Season one's a little... Yep. They're trying to figure out, like, how do we take this thing from the UK and bring it over to America? And they had to change some things. But so well written. They figured it out. (laughs) Enneagram number. It is three. In and out or Chick-fil-A? Uh, growing up in Georgia, I'd have to say Chick-fil-A because that's where we're based out of. And I've only had In-N-Out, I think, twice in my entire life. Do you think that In-N-Out is overrated? 
Are you in that camp? Oh, this is gonna this is gonna bring some controversy, I know. But my first experience was in Texas, and I said yes. My second experience was in California, and I was like, okay, I get it. So there is a difference between Texas and California. I would agree with that too. Favorite book every worship pastor should read. Oh man, okay, Called to Create by Jordan Rayner. That book was uh, one that I read just this past year, and uh, it it even talks about just how. Uh, God is the ultimate creator. It says in the beginning, God created. It was the first characteristic that he decided to show uh, was his creativity. And uh, man, it was just one of those really, really incredible reads that uh, was inspiring me to create, but also was just perfect for the season that I was in. That's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. You can check that out. First album you ever purchased. Oh, okay, this is either going to be really amazing for some people or really embarrassing for me, but it was the Space Jam soundtrack. What? It was the first CD that I bought. <laughs> I had uh, I had gotten uh, some money for uh, my birthday, and I went to uh, Circuit City. Oh, I remember <laughs> which doesn't Circuit even exist City. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> went to Circuit City and got a Space Jam soundtrack because I just couldn't get enough of that movie. That's awesome. My f- the first three CDs that I purchased was Paula Abdul "Forever Your Girl," "Pump" by Aerosmith, and the UHF soundtrack from Weird Al Yankovic. So you're a lot more cultured than me, but <laughs> well, everybody get up, it's time to slam now, is all I'm going to say to that. What's a hidden talent that you have that only a few people know about? Uh, <laughs> so I do a lot of different character voices, like just for fun, and the only people that really know or hear those often is my kids. So like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And- oh, come on. Yeah, see, see, now you have to do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Punch bubble. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Can you say in the in that voice, you're listening to the Practical Worship Podcast? Oh, Lord, if this ends up at the beginning of it. <laughs> you're listening to the Practical Worship Podcast. That's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Kyle O'Neill doing the bonus round. That's how you do it. <laughs> and now way more people know that than my kids. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do here. Okay, so you've been a part of Life Church. I want to say is it's seven years, right? Yep. And so you've been there for a while, but like you know, you've led worship at other churches. Like, what is maybe something that that surprised you? Like, you know, maybe you went into it good, bad, or indifferent. You like you went into it with a certain expectation that maybe when you got there was was different than you had expected. Sure. I don't. I don't know that it was necessarily different. What was what was kind of mind blowing for me was the way that God was kind of orchestrating things. So uh, part of my story was I was working at churches in the Atlanta area, and the church that I was at at the time, a pastor came to me and asked about doing series, and he wanted to do graphics and videos, and I, I had never seen a church that did anything like that. This was. Uh, 2006. Um, so I got smart what people do, and I did a Google search, and I searched for free church resources, and up popped this thing called Open uh, Life Church, and I was for eight years on the receiving side of that generosity of being able to use series graphics, being able to use videos. So the thing that kind of surprised me and the, the things that's been really kind of cool is being on the receiving side for eight years, now I get to be a part of the creating side and the writing song side and the creating content and, and on the giving side of that generosity. So it's just been just incredible, just a uh, full circle story for me of being able to be on the receiving side and then now on the giving side. And that's a really cool thing. I mean, I've, I've definitely, you know, I've 
poke my head in and the open network and as far as like you know songs or uh, graphics or things like that and even even like especially like you know Life Church has really ramped up the original content of like songs absolutely yeah as far as like putting that putting that out there and like you know and even you know a year or two ago with the big huge boom of Symphony that Switch put out that's that's through Life Church. And uh, shout out to my boy Dylan Chase, who does the rap on that. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but being able to like, like, I just love the generosity that a lot. I see a lot of these churches, including Life Church, does where they put that out there and say, "Yeah, you know, we we've already we created this for us, but if you can use it, like, here's the stems for this song. Here's the chart. Here's a graphic. Here's a video that we did. Even um, there's some really good resources on there about." how to do certain things. Like Robbie Dolan is uh, a good friend of mine that does photography there at Central. And he's got like four or five videos on how he approaches doing photography within a service or, you know, doing baptism videos or even like, you know, how he maybe captures the building, like how to do the kind of things that we do. So we as a creative arts ministry that's trying to amp up our photography part of our worship ministry, like we've been able to look at those videos and say, okay, well, that's a good idea. He's thought of some things. And so it's a great resource to be able to like pour into the Capital C Church. Yeah. it's I'm glad you mentioned the songs. So that's that's exactly what I was talking about kind of because the song side of it didn't really exist before I came here. So that's just really happened in the last like five years or so. And it's been incredible to be able to uh, be a part of a songwrite and then now see the stems, the lyric video, pro presenter files, all of that, just being able to give away for free. So on the receiving side of that, uh, like I was before I came here, man, something like that would have been just incredible to receive and to be able to say, hey, this is kind of plug and play to get you started, then now take it and make it even greater. Um, so just being able to do that and, and give that away is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, final thoughts. I want to know, like, what is it that drives you to wake up in the morning to to deal with all the logistics and maybe some of the headaches that comes with this role as a worship pastor? What is it that motivates you to wake up every single morning and to do what you do? Yeah, I honestly, it's because what it's called. I'm what I'm called to. Um, being able to, like we said earlier, to to be a worshiper—that's what—that's who we are. That's who God created us to be. But, but to be able to build worshipers—that's what like keeps me up at night, knowing that there's people out there that don't know uh, the love and the grace of Jesus. They don't know that, and and in a moment and on a Sunday, uh, people can have that experience. And in conversations that we have, people can find out and and and. Uh, experience the love of Jesus just through us being, I, I know it's kind of a cheesy phrase, but we, we often say um, we may be the only Jesus that someone sees. Every single thing that we do, we can go out into the world and uh, be Jesus for people, be his hands and be his feet and loving people. So worship is is an outlet, like being able to lead worship is an outlet of that. Um, but being able to truly just build worshipers through what God's called me to do is is what wakes me up in the morning. That relationship side of what we do is so important. I would almost go as far as to say that the music part of what we do is kind of an excuse to get into people's lives. Now, obviously, there's an importance to our craft and using songs and music to inspire and to set the table for people to encounter God. I don't want to downplay that, but because of that, 
we get to know people. They get to know us. That relationship is formed. And like Kyle said, a lot of the work that we do is preparing for a Sunday. It points to Sunday. But Sunday is also the fuel that pushes conversations forward during the week. That's what pastors do. And maybe that title of pastor, maybe that's kind of scary. You're like, I'm just here because I can sing and lead some songs. I don't know if I'm qualified to be called a pastor, but I think that we sometimes overcomplicate things. Being a pastor just means being a shepherd. It means that you care for people. That can be as simple as just listening to someone and letting them talk things out. Maybe it's praying with them. And then it's being intentional to follow up with them later in the week to see how things are going. And don't feel like you have to have all the answers or to have just that right Bible verse at just the right time. I've been an ordained pastor for almost 10 years, and I still have to say I don't know sometimes when someone asks a question. But a pastor says, I don't know, but we will find the answer together. And then everyone wins because eventually they get the answer, and then you've learned something in the process that maybe you can share with someone else later. By the way, Kyle talked about the three axioms that help define the worship ministry at Life Church, and they are this. We are worshipers that build worshipers. We are pastors that pursue excellence, and we are leaders that follow first. And I like that there's a clear definition of what the worship ministry is and what their purpose is. Can I just say that it feels so good to be back? You know, I had to spend the later part of this year just focused on treatment and my health. But then on the other end of that, these last couple of months, I've been spending my time making sure that we could have a solid start here in 2021. I was like, January 1, that's a great time to reboot everything. So I've been writing scripts and filming YouTube videos, which if you're listening to this in real time, on the on the, today is the Friday that this is released, we have a new video coming out next Tuesday on YouTube and then every other Tuesday after that. I've been working on this podcast, not only the episode here with Kyle, but also been talking with people for February and March. And then we've got the coaching calls. If you're stuck on something in your ministry, we can spend some time together working through the solutions. And then and then there's this. You might have seen me wear this shirt, this blue shirt in a few videos where it has the ideas, tips, and practical advice, and then the one finger, two finger point on the front. And honestly, I just made that shirt so I could wear it in the videos, you know, in those situations where I didn't necessarily want to say the ideas, tips, and practical advice, but I kind of wanted to keep that fresh on people's minds. So I was like, well, I'll just put it on my shirt and then I'll talk about other things. But I've had several people that were like, hey, I'd wear that. Where can I get one? So I, I've never pulled the trigger on something like this, but this this is the year. This is the year that we have practical worship Shirts. They're going to be ready uh, probably about this time next month. So I guess keep an eye out for the website uh, so that you can snag yours. I didn't order a lot of them. And so, you know, you might just kind of keep tabs on that just to make sure if you want to grab one, that you grab one pretty quickly because I'm not sure how, how quickly they're going to run out. Hey, this has been the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dame Dolphin, and let's do this again next month. Come on, somebody.
You're listening to the Practical Worship Podcast.